celebrating classics and creating new ones. Only on the Music Vibes Podcast. Now, here's your host, DC Hendrix. This is the Music Vibes Podcast, sponsored by Neat 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 Records and Music, located at 1836 South Calhoun Street in downtown Fort Wayne. Neat 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 stocks LPs and CDs across all genres and is an authorized dealer of Ortofone, Audio Technica, Emotiva, Wharfdale, Project, and more. Please visit neatneatneatrecords.com for more information. This is the Musivize Podcast. I am your host, DC Hendrix. Before we get started, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, everywhere podcasts are available. Make us one of your favorites by subscribing to keep up to date. Also, follow us on all social media. Just search DC Hendrix and Musivize Podcast, and you'll find us. If you're an Apple subscriber on iTunes, be sure to scroll on down and leave us a review. Let us know what you are thinking. Thanks so much to our new sponsors, the Clyde Theater, for coming on last week to kind of give us an introduction to them, the theater, and all that kinds of stuff. So they'll be on this podcast. First podcast of each month, they will be on to preview the month ahead. Upcoming shows, deals, things like that. So thanks so much to, to the Clyde Theater. Daniel Butler and Rachel Burnett for coming in studio and talking about the Clyde Theater. So for this week, I got a nice fun topic. Uh, Producer Cleveland is out this week and he probably would be glad because once again, I'm scrolling on Twitter. He does not like when I do this, but I'm scrolling on Twitter, kind of prepping for the podcast for the week. And I couldn't help but notice this article and it ranks the top 100 most important bands since the Beatles. Now, I'm going to be joined by Troy Smith from Cleveland.com to talk about his article. But if you want to check out his article in full, if you're listening to this podcast, just go ahead, scroll on down in the description. You have a link to the article for you to check out where he ranks the top 100 most important bands since the Beatles. Usually with these lists, somebody's always forgotten. And I mean, there are a couple people that I probably would have added um, that he may have missed. But overall, I thought this list was really great, especially number one. I'm a huge fan of who's number one on this list. So. And it also makes you think about, you know, how many bands have actually came on the horizon since 1960 when the Beatles came out. So that's kind of what we were doing here. Time traveling once again, all the way from 1960, pretty much when the Beatles came out, all the way until now, most important bands since the Beatles, ranking one to 100. But we're going to bring on Troy, kind of going to go down from 100 all the way down to one, talking about the most important bands. Is it DC? It's Troy. Hey, Troy. This is DC. How's it going, man? All right, it's snowing here, so it's a little depressing, but Ooh. other than that... <laughs> well, you can keep that shit there for me, all right? If you could. <laughs> if you could. Um, so, <laughs> so hopefully it's, that's not moving this way. I'm a little bit east of you, so hopefully that's not making it. Yeah, right I here. don't know. It's not sticking, <laughs> but it's just weird. <laughs> I hear you, man. So, hey, bringing you on here, first-time guest, I had a... Uh, I had one of your colleagues on just a few weeks ago. Um, I think I had her on to talk Wallows, I believe. Um, and bringing you on here today. I came across your article, man, and I want, really wanted to bring you on. As you've seen, I was blowing you up, messaging you, emailing you. So <laughs> I'm glad to finally have you and uh, appreciate you being flexible and coming on. So you have this article up at Cleveland.com. And if anybody's listening right now, as I mentioned earlier, just scroll on down in the description. You have a link to the article. Go ahead and check it out for yourself. But you have 100 most important bands since the Beatles. So let's start off with, you know, what gave you the idea to come up with this article? You know, I I cover the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame here in Cleveland. So, you know, we're constantly looking at the historic, uh, you know, relevance of of basically all the bands in the Rock Hall, Mm -hmm. bands or artists, all the artists that aren't in the Rock Hall that should be. Um, So, you know, I'm trying to think of my mindset when I did go about doing this, it was sort of like a way of looking at trying, I'm always trying to get away from, music is a subjective thing no matter what you do, mm-hmm. but I'm trying to find a way to look at like, you know, what what determines, 
impact and influence and, and ultimately importance and what would happen, you know, so it's a question that comes up with the rock hall, what would happen if you removed a particular artist from history, how would that change the course of rock and roll and popular music? I like it. And I, I was kind of, you know, kind of looking through this list. And I, I obviously the main reason I brought you on is because of your list. I thought your list was absolutely fantastic. I really, you know, I usually pick a part list and they're really difficult. And everyone obviously has their own opinions. It's music. So everyone has their own opinion. But I think you did a great job with this list. Now, let's start off with, you know, because obviously anyone can just go in the description and get the link to the article. But let's start with bands that didn't make your list. Who were some bands that didn't make your list that you still wanted to highlight? here artists that did not make the cut wow that's a good question um because i've seen you put in the oh, article like ones that like honorable mentions uh well those were more you know i was trying to kind of point out because i was really looking at you start looking at um the, the artists and how they affected a particular genre or avenue of music so it was you're right i mean like when i when i chose the red hot chili peppers mm -hmm. there's always this huge debate of like who really sparked new metal or, or alternative metal um, was it the Red Hot Chili Peppers? Was it Faith No More? You know, then there's a band like Korn took that to the next level. I also had a difficult time with grunge just because that was such a big music revolution in the 90s. And originally Soundgarden and Alice in Chains were on the list. But, you know, I started thinking, okay, I really have to, you know, trim some of the fat here <laughs> with grunge, which is why you only see uh, Nirvana and Pearl Jam on there. And I think I cut, you know, a lot of my colleagues are sitting around me watching me do this list, and they're just going <laughs> at me for not putting Green Day on the list. So that was another band that I thought about putting on, but ultimately didn't make the list. <laughs> yeah, that was going to be where I was going to start. Growing up, you know, as a teenager in the 2000s, I was kind of looking for them. But, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of with you where there, I feel like there's bands on this list that Green Day isn't ahead of. They're, they're better than a lot of bands on list. I mean, I'm a huge Green Day fan. Mm -hmm. I think when it comes to Green... I think when you come to a list like that, you're looking at artists that innovated things. Green Day perfected a whole lot. You know, they mm -hmm. brought pop-punk music to the mainstream. Uh, they went on to do, you know, with American Idiot, mm -hmm. uh, become this stadium rock act. Um, but they didn't really innovate anything when you look at you know, pop punk and go back to bands like Bad Religion or punk music. So that ultimately is why Green Day I cut. That was probably the hardest cut for me just because I'm such a fan of Green Day. Yeah. I'm with you on that. So kind of going through your list, let's start. I kind of want to start from the bottom. I just highlighted. I highlight some of the bands I kind of wanted you to come and highlight why you chose this band in your top 100. So let's start with let's start with the Chili Peppers. You talked a little bit about them. I'm a huge Chili Peppers fan. Never seen them in concert. Jealous of anyone that has. Um, so Chili Peppers at number 97, you have them. What made the Chili Peppers one of the 100 most important bands since the Beatles? at alternative metal there's this period where you take metal music and then it sort of starts to change and branch out into different realms there's 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 the chili peppers there's faith no more uh there's jane's addiction a couple other acts at that time that came out mm -hmm. the chili peppers were really the band that sort of lit the the spark that ignited to me rap rock now that's not to say anthony kiedis is the greatest rapper you know he's not 
you know, maybe maybe somebody like Rage Against the Machine was a better band overall. Mm-hmm. But I think the Chili Peppers were this mainstream starting point for rap rock, which, say what you will as a critic of rap rock, mm-hmm. as you know, we're probably around the same age or close. Mm-hmm. Such a huge thing in, into the late 90s and 2000s. I guess we should have started there. How I'm 29. How old are you exactly? If you don't mind me asking. I'm 35. Oh, yeah. So we're pretty close. Same same generation here. Um, so, yeah, Chili Peppers, I'm really glad you put them in. I feel like that is a band that is really overlooked in terms of their influence. And like you said, I mean, a really important band even today. Even I know my, my guy John isn't in the group anymore in the band anymore, but they still, you know, the, the album, The Getaway, they're still sounding good, still touring. So just really important. And at number 90, I wanted to highlight this as well, because I had a big interview last year with Verdeen White, the bass player for Earth, Wind and Fire. And you have Earth. Wow. You have Earth, Wind, and Fire at number ninety, so I'm pretty, pretty much. I, I think why um, we, we pretty much agree why you have them in. I would, I would just say, you know, in terms of the funk era, I feel like you cannot even talk funk and soul without mentioning Earth, Wind, and Fire. So that would have been my opinion. Earth, Wind, and Fire kind of gets this raw deal as like they're a light band, you know, kind of like uh, fun. They don't get this sort of sophistication uh, appreciation. Like they're not they're not looked at like a Sly and the Family Stone or you know Funkadelic. But when you look at Earth, Wind, and Fire, everybody was biting that sound when in in the seventies and then into the eighties uh, for funk. They made it mainstream. They made it successful. Uh, I know Quincy Jones uh, wanted uh, Michael Jackson's uh, Off the Wall. I think it was very, uh, yeah, Quincy Jones. They wanted Michael Jackson originally to sound like Earth, Wind, and Fire. Now, Michael took it to other directions, but mm-hmm. if you listen to a lot of those sounds that he was doing, that's Earth, Wind, and Fire. Same thing for Prince. Just so many artists were taking from Earth, Wind, and Fire. Um, I just think they get a raw rap. I mean, maybe they didn't influence as many acts mm-hmm. as a sign of the Family Stone. If you look at the list of artists they influence, you're talking about some of the biggest R&B acts of all time, even to this day. I feel like you've made it once you literally have a day, you know, a, a song for an entire yeah. day. It's almost like a holiday, um, like a holiday theme song almost. And, you, you know, obviously, Lee Singer Maurice is not is no longer here with us, but they're still touring. I got to see him last year. Uh, as I mentioned, I interviewed Verdeen and got to see him live. They still sound great. So very important that you highlighted them as well. I loved that. So moving to the 80s and we'll probably I'll try to do at least one from each. So 80s, 70s, 60s, 50s, 40, all the way down to number one so let's go with the 80s now i highlighted this group this band because i've been listening to them really heavy lately and i really don't have a reason why um i literally just walked into the record store last week neat 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 records shout out the sponsor um i walked in and buffalo springfield um i grabbed the best of buffalo springfield and you have them at number 81 i feel like a lot of people know the song for what it's worth but after digging deep into the best of i feel like they have a lot more to offer than just the big song for what it's worth there's something happening here what it is ain't exactly clear There's a man with a gun over there Telling me I got to be 
way. Uh, Buffalo Springfield's always a hard band to sort of evaluate because they didn't last very long. But the impact did if you look at the careers of the members, obviously, that, you know, what they went on to do. And then they're right there at the start of country rock, uh, you know, with the birds, um, you know, that sort of style of music, taking country music, putting the electric guitars to it, ramping it up. Uh, they're the ones that did that. You know, I, like I said, second only to the birds, really, and it's probably because Buffalo Springfield is a band didn't last that long, but obviously the careers of the members uh, would go on and do such tremendous things. Yeah, I've been really digging Buffalo Springfield over the last week or so, so I definitely had to ask. Highlighting another band that I've also got to interview in the last within the last year, and going into your 70s part of your list, the uh, 70 through 79. So at number 73, you have Kiss. And fortunate or unfortunately, whichever one you want to pick, I got to interview Gene Simmons last year um, and uh, talked a little bit about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, got him to rant on that, and he pretty much hung up um, after that. So <laughs> you, you have Kiss. <laughs> at number 73 um i got to see them actually this year too um he, he was at least nice enough to leave me some tickets so i got to go see them um and still sound good man they really do still put on a hell of a show just their live shows are i would say in terms of rock it's gonna be pretty hard to match kiss's level you know all their pyrotechnics and you know the vocals even with paul People hate on Kiss, and rightfully so. I mean, Gene Simmons has a lot of dumb shit, but <laughs> I think the you said it yourself, right? They re they sort of redefined what a live show could be, and people knock Kiss as like, oh, they're just a marketing gimmick. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, that's that's really why they're influential, right? I mean, Gene Simmons, uh, Paul Stanley, they sort of took this thing, this band, and and showed how you can make a band. Uh, a, a brand within itself um, and I think their music's way better than people give it credit for yeah they got the makeup and stuff but Ace Frehley's like a great guitar player and he's got great songs um, took shock rock to the mainstream more than anybody so they're definitely one of the most influential bands yeah, I absolutely love Kiss, and the live show just made me love them even more. Honestly, just it's a good rock show. You're if you're a rock fan, I would highly advise you. Although it's their last tour, so hopefully you've got a chance to see them by now. If you have the last tour, I hear the last. I think it's like their fifth last tour. That's true. That's true. <laughs> um, so this is supposedly the farewell um, for Kiss. So um, yeah, lo- love love Kiss. Love a couple of songs by them. Obviously, I was made for loving you, rock and roll all night, and a lot of hits through the years for Kiss. So moving on to the 60s, this is a band hopefully gets in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame this year. Um, I'm really hoping so. Hopefully they get it right. And that means that number 64, we're talking about Judas Priest. I'm actually supposed to be interviewing Rob actually in the next couple of weeks as well. So Judas Priest at number 64, what made them right for that? Look, they should be in the Rock Hall, first of all, but they're mm-hmm. probably, you know, they're next in line. When you look at, there's a big four or five with, with metal music. Mm-hmm. It's obviously Sabbath, um, Metallica, uh, Priest, Motorhead, 
and Slayer, you know, I think are the five best metal bands. Some people argue Megadeth. You know, I'm talking pure heavy metal. Mm-hmm. Judas Priest just kind of they brought that punk kind of sound into it. Uh, they made it a little nastier. Because before Priest, metal was really based on the blues. You know, what Led Zeppelin did, if you listen to Sabbath's early stuff, it's really based mm-hmm. on the blues, but much darker. Priest, I really think, is the band responsible for giving metal its own unique identity separate from that. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they're easily, I mean, you could put them right behind Sabbath, actually. It's maybe the, the second most influential heavy metal band. Absolutely. I mean, at the very least, top three in terms of you right. know, heavy metal. So I, I wanted, forgot Iron Maiden. I'm sorry, I forgot Iron Maiden and Ellis. But, uh, you know, that's right. um, that I stated, but yeah. Yeah, just uh, going back a little bit, you know, a little bit back in time, you know, to add in Iron Maiden. So, you know, like I said earlier, this list is absolutely fantastic. I feel like you've highlighted a lot of the bands that deserve the credit. I feel like you have most of them in the right spot. So I had to highlight Judas Priest and hopefully they get the Rock Hall nod for the 2020 years. So moving on to the 50s, um, let's go to 56, where you have a band that. You know, in my family growing up, I don't know about yours, but my dad wasn't a big fan of this band. So I had to kind of like, you know, force him to listen to them a little bit more. He still does like them. Um, but Aerosmith, um, Steven Tyler, obviously, <laughs> they still put on. I mean, I've heard great stories about their shows. I haven't got to see them live, but I, I feel like and this is what my personal opinion on Aerosmith Walk This Way. And I did a podcast on this, actually, um, just talking about the influence from Walk This Way and how it changed American music forever. And what I mean by that, obviously, is teaming up with Run DMC, a hip hop group in a time where, you know, that's that was a big risk for them. You know, now they were kind of on the decline. I know they're battling with the drugs and all that. But that was still a huge risk for them to delve into hip hop and rap. And did it very successfully, in my opinion, with Walk This Way. Not to mention their album, to- Toys in the Attic. I mean, just hits throughout the years. So, Aerosmith at number 56. What did you think of them and what made them numbers 56? Um, Aerosmith, you know, one of the... Obviously, longevity is huge with Aerosmith. You know, the comeback they had uh, after they kind of went away for a while. And then they scored the first number one with I Don't Want to Miss a Thing in the 90s. But... Mm-hmm. I think the reason Aerosmith gets a bad rap is because, like, Aerosmith influenced your least favorite band, right? Like, that band in the 90s, uh, it's kind of like Pearl Jam, almost. Like, you know, you blame them for, like, this crappy band that exists. But, I mean, Aerosmith's the ultimate, uh, I think, kind of stadium or arena rock band. Like, if you look at those early blues bands like Cream or go into, like, Faces and stuff like that, Aerosmith's the bridge from them to, like, Def Leppard and Guns N' Roses and Grunge and you know you're trust me you know if you're a fan of Nirvana or some of these high like highbrow bands mm-hmm. you don't know that like yeah Kurt Cobain Doug Steven Tyler like that right. wasn't maybe the coolest influence he had but trust me it's there you know so I think Aerosmith one of the the they've influenced so many acts um just you know they they're sex drugs and rock and roll i know like guns and roses some of those bands get more credit for it mm-hmm. aerosmith was doing all that way before <laughs> yeah aerosmith was definitely back you know and i'm, I'm still it's still a work in progress to try to get my pops uh to dig them yeah. but i don't know if it'll and then the rap rock thing i mean yeah. you know run dnc was kind of doing some of that mm-hmm. on its own with the rock sound you know with the rock box and all that stuff but yeah. Aerosmith definitely gave it credibility, and that that's obviously the birth of rap rock right there. 
Absolutely. Yeah, that was a fun podcast, by the way. We were joined by Jeff Edges from The Washington Post. He actually wrote a book on it, too, and interviewed you know everyone that's involved. Interviewed Aerosmith, interviewed Run DMC. So, um, well, obviously not all the members, but um, you right. know, obviously had that book. So if you can, check that out, because I thought that was a fantastic book. Um, so full disclosure, just to give a tease ahead, there's two in, the, uh, two in the 20s range that I have to bring up. So we have two of those that I wanted to get to. So let's move to the 40s, where I kind of want to mix it up. I feel like we've been talking a lot of rock, um, so I kind of want to mix it up a little bit. Still a rock band, but kind of softer. Let's go at number 44, where you have Fleetwood Mac, Stevie Nicks, who became the only member that is inducted into the Hall of Fame, both as a, from a group perspective and as a solo artist. So Fleetwood Mac at number 54. since the Stevie Nicks uh, version, you know, era of Fleetwood Mac have tried to sound like Fleetwood Mac. Even today, everybody's trying to sound like Fleetwood Mac. Mm-hmm. But I actually, they rated so high is the pre-era led by Peter Green because he was one of the most influential blues guitarists out of England. He led, you know, he was just right up there with the Jeff Becks and the Claptons of the world, mm-hmm. sort of leading the blues push in England. And he influenced even American bands. I mean, uh, Carlos Santana, you know, it covered some of Fleetwood Mac's early songs because mm-hmm. everyone was so enamored with Peter Green. So that's actually one of the bigger reasons why Fleetwood Mac got as high as it did on the list. Yeah, I'm actually, um, I get into debates and arguments here in the office, here in the studios with people. I mean, they're mostly rock guys. So, I mean, you know, there won't, not all of them will be big fans of Fleetwood Mac, but I think in terms of their legacy, and obviously some things have changed. Lindsey Buckingham no longer in the group. So things are a little bit different now. Um, so, you know, I, I still think they definitely deserve to be highlighted, especially, I mean, at the very least, Stevie Nicks. You know what I mean? So, like, but Fleetwood right. Mac as a group, I felt like should have been highlighted. And I think you did it justice by putting it in the top 50 at number 44 and as you you mentioned santana he's at he's on the list as well to give a nice little tease he's at number 88 on your list for most important bands since the beatles so let's move into the 30s where we're going back to rock i'm sorry but there's a lot of rock bands on here i'm a big rock guy so i guess i could have either chose metallica i could have went with grateful dead at number 31 but let's go at number 33 with the band um, this is one. This is one that I thought should have been a little bit higher. So I'm starting to nitpick here. If, if you're, um, so you have at number 33, you have Van Halen.
mean, it's funny because my editor is a huge Van Halen fan, and he always thinks I have Van Halen too low on any list. So <laughs> you you guys would get along well. Um, I mean, a lot of people just go to Eddie Van Halen in terms of you know his guitar styling. So you could you could highlight that, or just the fact that this is one of the biggest rock bands in the world at a certain point. And I remember reading this blog once that hate this this indie rock hating blog and they're talking about how overlooked van halen was they're like you know what if you want to go with a band that's influenced uh, a thousand indie bands that no one's ever heard of fine but i think the most influential band is the one that influenced some of the biggest bands of all time and that's van halen um so yeah van halen is that larger than life hard rock mm-hmm. borderline metal band uh that everyone really wanted to emulate after they came out without question absolutely you start off with the self-title back in 1978 all the way i think 1984 though was their biggest album and i think kind of catapulted them into a new legacy a new level so van halen i'm really glad you highlighted them but again felt like they were too low so we're in the 20s now um and i i'm sorry i had to bring both of them up so let's start with number 29 i'm big fan of this band um i not not I guess not on a personal level because the lead singer is kind of a douche. But um, at number 29, you have the Smiths. And obviously I'm talking about Morrissey Um, Smiths at number 29. This is a band I really didn't get into until I got older. I feel like this is a band you can't appreciate until you're an adult. I feel like if you listen to the Smiths as a teen, you're you're not going to know what the hell they're talking about. The Smiths at number 29. What, what do you enjoy from the Smiths, and what do you think made them so influential? Yeah, interesting with the Smiths because they were never big in the States, you know, so they have this Brit, the ultimate Brit pop band, and I think they hold that title, you know, for being the ultimate Brit, Brit pop band since the Beatles because they're like that bridge, right? Like, you can go all the way back to the Beatles. When you look at the Oasis's, the Pulp, the Blur's, the Block Party, whoever, you can go anyone that does Britpop. Um, the Smiths are right there. I mean, they, they've influenced all of them, and they're really kind of one of those towering influence, influences for a blog like uh, Pitchfork, you know, like a website like that, Indie Rock. Um, they're still larger than life, and they weren't. They didn't seem that way when they when they had come out. It's kind of their reputation just gets bigger with time. Their influence seems bigger with time. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. And, uh, you know, there's like I said, I feel like their music is more appreciated by, you know, when you're in your mid to late 20s, 30s, you know, they sing a lot about I mean, a lot of the music's kind of depressing, but it, they talk about <laughs> things. I mean, they but they sing about things that we're all going through in that time frame, you know, like 20, like 25 to 35 around that area. And I feel like that is definitely a band to appreciate. So if you're in that age frame and you have not listened to the Smiths, be sure to check them out, because um, I, I 
really love the Smiths and really glad you highlighted them. And I feel like you have them right in the perfect range too. 25 to 30 around there. You nailed it on that one. So number 23, before we get to your top 10 and your teens. All right. Number 23, I had to highlight this. One of my favorite interviews to date. And I'm sorry to do that to any other, anybody else that has been on this podcast. But in terms of artists and bands interviews, this is my favorite one that I've done, at least top two. Parliament Funkadelic, George Clinton, uh, you know, obviously when you talk funk, I I mean, they're number one in my mind. Um, I guess Rick James would be right there. But Parliament Funkadelic has to go down as the greatest funk group ever. And you highlighted them, put them at number 23. What do you enjoy so much about Parliament? Uh, you know, it, it's funny because they probably could, you know, they were in the those when you get to like the twenties, the early twenties on that list, I feel like in doing it like from like twelve to twenty five, mm-hmm. you know, Parliament could have been thirteen, twelve, thirteen. I mean Parliament Funkadelic. It's a collective, obviously, if people don't know, there was Parliament, there's Funkadelic, it was it's all led by George Clinton, just different variations of his bands. But um you look at Eddie Hazel with the guitar and Funkadelic just changed everything. Probably the only guitarist ever that sounded like Hendrix, which is a very hard thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um and, and in terms of their influence on shaping funk, kind of combining elements of psychedelic rock and everything, second only probably to James Brown. Just Ooh. in terms of, of influence and building that genre. Yeah. And you can see that in uh, just the artist, the influence of so many different uh, genres. It goes from hip hop to indie rock to R and B. I mean, they've just George Clinton and his, his collective just covered everything. You know, it's amazing stuff. Man, I couldn't agree more. Couldn't have couldn't have said it better myself. You even have bands like De La Soul doing me, myself, and I, pretty much paying homage to Parliament Funkadelic and George Clinton. Um, and hits go on for de- days, decades. Whichever one you want to use is still doing music, although. Think, think the touring days are over but you know still doing it he's like 76 i think 78 up there in that range can't remember off the top of my head but yeah george clinton parliament funkadelic one of the best bands in my mind ever in terms of funk so like you said james brown so i i all right let's go let's go to your top 10 here let's skip ahead so just to highlight a couple you had sliding the family stone at 18 uh you did have black sabbath at number 17 you guys are gonna have to look at the list though give the nice article a read to see the rest so let's go to the top 10 a couple i wanted to highlight and i'll pretty much let you take the floor on your top 10 so just to highlight a couple that i thought you nailed bob marley and the whalers 100 percent agree um i probably would have put them at number two honestly but yeah bob marley and the whalers to me i mean there would be no reggae without bob marley and the whalers there would be no genre of that um and you know i look at them i look at nirvana you have them in your top 10 you also have led zeppelin um you have a band that is literally sounds exactly like them and greta van fleet i don't even know who i'm listening to half the time (laughs) so that tells you how important influential they are and uh i'll let you go number i'll let you do number one i'll let you bring that up and then we'll go from there but go ahead and talk about your top 10 on your list uh when do i have number one hendrix
Absolutely. You get lost here. Do I have a Jimi Hendrix experience at number one still? <laughs> you do. You do have Jimi Hendrix experience <laughs> well, you know, at number it's one. funny. I should tell you because with the Rolling Stones, Velvet Underground, and Jimi Hendrix experience, I shifted those three around. Ooh. Each of them was at number one at a certain variation before I hit publish. Um, it was very difficult, very, very difficult, because I've got people screaming in my ears, like, it's the Rolling Stones. Like, that's the definition of the biggest band since the Beatles. Um and then the Velvet Underground pretty much was, it's hard to be original in music, and that's an original band. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they're doing, they came out doing stuff nobody ever done. <laughs> um, and, you know, but then you got Hendrix, man. I can't even, you know, the Jimi Hendrix experience, that's taking rock and roll, you know, the stuff Chuck Berry uh, and everybody had done, Fats Domino, before him. Mm-hmm. Hendrix takes the level from, you know, 10 to 800 <laughs> and raises that bar and everybody after is just trying to fight for that bar um you know i, I just you, you know the man i don't even know no one knows how he did half the stuff he did the guy's playing a right-handed guitar left hand <laughs> upside down i mean come on i can't even you know I, I was really tempted if i did it today maybe velvet underground would be be one be one but i just couldn't get away from hendrix man he's got <laughs> he's, he's the he's the god of rock so there it is. <laughs> I love it, man. I might be a little bit biased because of the last name, but um, I thought that uh, <laughs> I thought Jimmy Hendrix experience was a, a, a home run at number one. And I think it's a no brainer. Um, so I couldn't agree more. Part of the reason I brought you on, too, is to highlight that because I thought you nailed it. And a lot of people skip over that. And they're just, you know, Af- as an African-American, I just look at what Jimi Hendrix did in a genre and in a time where it was not cool to have our skin color. Like it was not cool to be black and he's stepping in a genre that is dominated by white by whites and he steps in and he is the first one that not only became a rock star like that in terms of everyone, you know, everyone's playing his music, but also made it cool to be a rock star and be black and you have guys like um like rapper Wiz Khalifa half the time he looks like Jimi Hendrix so he, he went through like a Jimi Hendrix era where he was he started you know dressing like him and even today you have people wearing the you know the tie-dye bandanas and you know all that stuff all of that came from Jimi Hendrix whether it's fashion music so I thought it was a no-brainer I'm really glad you had Jimi Hendrix at number one yeah, I think you have to. There's a lot, so much you can talk about with the Jimi Hendrix experience. Um, and, I, and I wanted to make it clear, too, that's a band. You know, mm-hmm. Jimi Hendrix had a live album after that by himself. Yeah. Or just build by himself. Yeah. But let's be clear his, his three landmark albums are as a band. Yeah. And, you know, this is a guy who's just doing stuff nobody ever did before. Yeah, he was influenced by the, you know, uh, by the muddy waters of the world, the Curtis Mayfields, but this guy just got a guitar and he did crazy things. And if you listen to his albums, he's doing uh, studio techniques as well as he got older, and he died young, but obviously as he got into his later 20s before he passed away, he was doing studio stuff no one ever did. Um, and he just raised that bar. You talk, people are like people who think Led Zeppelin or the Rolling Stones invented rock and roll. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Henderson didn't invent it either, but these guys... Right. You know, they're all Jimmy Page, Keith Richards, you know, look at guitarists, the, the image of a guitarist, as you said, be, has become this sort of a white guy with a guitar. That's the image of rock and roll. Yep. That's only because Hendrix died. Yep. Before that, it was it was Jimi Hendrix and, and to some extent Chuck, Chuck Berry. So 
just remind people yep. rock and roll is just as black, if not more so, than it is white. Um, and I, I think people lose sight of that <laughs> over time. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I'm, I don't know why I didn't mention that yet. And you, ne- you just wanted to reiterate Jimi Hendrix Experience as a band, not just Jimmy. Uh, definitely got a highlight and can't talk Jimi Hendrix Experience without talking about drummer Mitch Mitchell and bass player Noel Redding. And again, Chaz Chandler, who discovered Jimmy, um, just pretty much kind of i mean they didn't even really hold an audition for these guys to join the band he's just like hey jimmy do you like these guys yeah i like them let's go let's do this and uh boom next thing we know we have the jimmy hendrix experience so jimmy hendrix experience at number one but hey troy uh first of all thanks so much for coming on but i cannot let you go i want you to plug a little bit what you guys are doing at cleveland.com i know you guys do a fantastic job on covering pretty much everything around that area and around the world so go ahead and promote what cleveland.com has coming yeah, if you go to cleveland.com backslash entertainment, um, you know, we're really we're really deep into the rock hall right now, which is a perfect segue, obviously, because we talked about, hey, the Smiths aren't in the rock hall, or mm-hmm. Judas Priest isn't in the rock hall. Um, the nominees are out there. I'm sure you've tackled this on your show. You will tackle this. Um, so that's where we're in right now. The nominees will be announced uh, in January. So if you go to cleveland.com backslash entertainment, we've got all your rock hall hall fame coverage. They've got a new exhibit coming. We're we're pissing off Dave Matthews Band fans, apparently. I can't get enough hate mail from the Dave Matthews Band fans. But I said that I didn't think they were going to get in, and now they're winning the fan vote. So everything you got, rock hall, music history. We even go into you know, professional wrestling wow. uh, and uh, TV and movies. So, yeah, Cleveland.com, Black Backslash Entertainment. If you really just want to dig on rock history, Cleveland.com backslash rock hall gets you there, too. So I appreciate you having me on, man. Absolutely. Thanks so much for coming on. We'll have to do this again, and we'll look forward to all the coverage at, coverage at Cleveland.com, man. Appreciate you coming on. All right, bro. Take care. All right, so it's time for one of my favorite new segments here on the Music Vibes podcast. So a few weeks ago, myself and producer Cleveland started a new segment called Drop the Needle right here on this podcast where we drop the needle on a new song that is pretty much uh, the topic of the podcast for this week. And it kind of you know resonates with that. So this week we talked about the 100 most important bands since the Beatles who started back in 1960. And one of those bands that were on that list was Buffalo Springfield, which features one of my favorite guitarists to ever walk this earth. And that would be none other than Neil Young. And in case you didn't know, Neil Young released a new album back on October 25th, 2019 called Colorado. In case anyone didn't know. So let's go ahead and drop the needle. So the song for this week for Drop the Needle is Milky Way by Neil Young. Let's drop the needle.
Time Travel with DC Hendricks on the Music Vibes Podcast. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify on your mobile device. Podcasts by Federated Media. Podcasts by Federated Media.